Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. It isn't exactly a groundbreaking statement to say that many priests and prelates of the church lack courage in our time. We know this. After all, how many of the bishops said bluntly that they were going to ignore Traditionis Custodis? How many of them said they deny the very extremely devout man I call Sombulent Caesar? How many of them would deny him access to the Eucharist, despite the news telling us just how very devout a Catholic he is, because he goes to Mass? How many mem of the members of the hierarchy are willing to deny the Eucharist to public unrepentant sinners and heretics? The answer is, of course, almost none of them. And when they do take a hard stand, or even say the hard truth about something, they often have to backpedal, or worse, when they simply say something inelegantly because of the internet age, they almost certainly get a call from their bishop's office demanding they retract a statement that they made. Today I have for you first some clarification, allegedly, on the story where it was reported that Cardinal Supich told the priest in his diocese to stop having the St. Michael prayer prayed after Mass, and then the story of Francis having a very likely important meeting with the men who have been tasked with ending the Latin Mass and sacred tradition in the Church. So let's get into this. Over the weekend, it was widely reported that Cardinal Supich sent out a memo, ending the saying of the St. Michael the Archangel prayer at the end of Mass. This, as you can imagine, caused an uproar on the Internet. The problem is, it may not have actually been true, but then again, who really knows? From Catholic News Agency, we get this headline. Pastor says priest misspoke when he alleged Cardinal Supich stopped public prayers after Mass. The story went across the Catholic Internet faster than anything I've seen since Traditionis Custodis, and now it may not have even been true, though I'll tell you why it might have been after the quotation, after we get over this actual story. Here's the basics of the story. Quote, an Illinois priest has alleged that Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago, ordered him to cease praying the prayer to St. Michael and the Hail Mary publicly after Mass. But the church's pastor says the allegation is not true. Rumors started after social media posts pointed to an announcement at a live-streamed Mass at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Libertyville, Illinois. In the video, which has now been removed, Father Emmanuel Torres Fuentes, the associate pastor, said that upon the request of Supich, prayers to St. Michael and the Hail Mary at the end of the Mass had to stop. Following the directive of Cardinal Supich, we want to remind everyone that the prayer to St. Michael is not to be said publicly following Mass, says Torres Fuentes in the video. This devotional prayer may be recited privately while being respectful of others in the Church, okay? And also, you realize that I like to say Hail Mary at the end of the Eucharist, but now I was told to sing instead of the Hail Mary, he said. What is the thing, said Torres Fuentes, who was ordained in 2018. As a priest, I have to obey, and by obey I should, inaudible, at peace. And my heart is at peace, okay? I was reflecting on this. Now I say okay. That's okay. If Cardinal Supich says this, I have to do it, all right? But at peace, okay? Thank you, he said. End quote. Ah, obedience. The classic card the modernists pull on traditionally-minded clergy who wish to have the Mass or what they teach from the pulpit sound like something you'd have actually heard in a Catholic church at any point in history prior to the post-conciliar period. Again, this caused a firestorm on the Internet, and for obvious reasons, with people saying, 
What should we think of a man, meaning Supich, who would be bothered by the St. Michael prayer? I saw dozens of versions of that tweet that day the announcement came down. But then the priest backpedaled. Quote, On Saturday afternoon, St. Joseph's pastor, Father John Trout, offered an explanation for Torres Fuentes' announcement. The statement said, The faithful are always welcome to gather in church for personal prayer as individuals or as groups. At the same time, in accord with the sound liturgical practice and in keeping with archdiocesan norms, which I personally confirmed with the cardinal, the recitation of prayers must never interfere with, interrupt, or distract from the public liturgy of the church. Father Trout continued, nor can it ever become an imposition on the rest of the faithful in the church, who have a right to remain at the end of Mass to pray privately as they wish. It is also important that such prayers must always foster the unity of the church, which is guaranteed by the successor of Peter, for whom we never fail to show our deepest respect and devoted support as our Holy Father. The statement concludes by stating that Torres Fuentes wishes to state that he misspoke at a recent Mass when he falsely attributed statements to Cardinal Supich. For this reason, the video of that Mass has been removed to avoid any confusion, end quote. There's more to the story, including about the liturgical rubrics for saying the St. Michael Prayer and the Ave Maria at the various parts of Mass. But he misspoke, and since I don't like calling priests liars without having a very good reason to do so, I have to take him at his word. So I'll ask instead, why was this reporting initially so believable? Because Cardinal Supich has been responsible for dropping the hammer on many traditionally-minded priests in his time. When he was a bishop in the state of Washington, he famously had the doors of a parish locked to keep traditional Catholics from having a traditional Latin Mass in the parish, to which they responded by having the Mass outdoors in front of the parish. That's not a good look, really, if you think about it. That's also not to mention what happened to Father Kalchik and numerous other prelates in Chicago. Supich is one of the men that makes these kinds of stories completely believable. I know many of you watching or listening to this believe he did, in fact, do this, that he said that he did put an end to that prayer, and he forced the priest to recant a true story, because, again, Supich makes that not only believable, but extremely plausible. It may have actually happened, to be perfectly honest. That's the hard truth about this story. As anyone familiar with Supich's treatment of traditional priests can tell you, just find out what happens when priests are too traditional in his diocese, and what a place called St. Luke's is, and the type of priests who usually get sent there, because he sent traditionally-minded priests there as well. Hint, I can't even say what it, that place is on YouTube, but go look it up. And this brings me to why there is a lack of courage among the traditionally-minded men of the priesthood and in the hierarchy today. We know that Paca Papa Francis is vindictive. We know that once you cross him, he makes sure you know it was a mistake to do so. And many bishops and priests simply don't want to deal with it. Earlier this week, Francis met with the bishops whose job it is to end traditional Catholicism forever, at least among the clergy. Because where the clergy go, so will go the laity. The announcement was made with little fanfare, but people on social media Notice the press release when it came out and took note of the names of the men and the odd picture that came along with it. The interesting names on this list are the first and last names. The first is Monsignor Arthur Roach, the Prefect for the Congregation for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments, also known as the man who now oversees the traditional Latin Mass societies, per Traditionis Custodis. The second name, meaning the last one on the list, is Monsignor Joel Messier, Secretary of the Congregation for the Clergy. 
If you wanted to have meetings with two men to drop the hammer on traditionally-minded priests and priestly societies, these are the men to do it with, especially if you have more documents in the works to ensure the end of traditional liturgical devotions in the near future, before the end of the present papacy. You can see Monsignor Roach here along with two of his underlings, Bishop Vittorio Francesco and Bishop Aurelio Garcia Macias, both standing in front of a strange image of our Lord crucified without a cross. Christ without a cross, what a strange concept, but in one image that sums up the current crop of modernists perfectly. What the church needs now are priests and prelates who are men of courage, men who will not only hold the actual Catholic faith and reject modernism, but prelates who will actually defend the faith regardless of the personal cost. Over at Marco Tosati's website, the anonymous priest that Mr. Tosati sometimes publishes pieces from, and someone whose pieces I've uh, featured here before, penned a call for courage among the clergy and prelates of the church. It's very short, and I'll quote nearly the whole thing for you since, again, it's a really short, but he makes an important point here. Quote, Dear Tosati, in the last few days I read a book drawn from the retreat preached by Cardinal Seurat at the annual retreat of the Priestly Fraternal Association Samorum Pontificum, a service of the truth, at the service of the truth. In the concluding meditation, the Cardinal makes a quotation that I believe merits being shared with your readers. Cardinal Seurat recalls that in a recent interview, Cardinal Mark Wheelett said that today 30% of priests who are nominated as bishops refuse the nomination. A few years ago, the percentage of refusal was about 10%. What is the explanation for the increase? Our Cardinal Seurat reports the opinion of expert commentators on the phenomenon. Without specifying it, we are talking about the last eight years since 2013. There are problems of faith, problems of unworthiness that could emerge, problems of a fear of becoming a bishop, fear of losing one's personal freedom, fear of responsibility, fear of having to face financial difficulties, fear of not being supported by their local diocese, fear of confronting the Holy See, that is, fear of the cross, and the highest level of the church. Are 30% of the candidates to become bishop really afraid? But Cardinal Seurat asks, with what criteria are new bishops chosen today? Are they chosen for being innovated? In the text, he says, tied to certain groups and people. For being less divisive? Today, being inclusive is more important. Cardinal Seurat, in his wisdom, concludes by quoting the Holy Cure de Ars, St. John Vianney. When he arrived in Ars, the people tried to discourage him. They told him he had arrived too late because now there was nothing more to do. St. John Vianney replied, then there is everything to do. We have need of good priests who, become, who can become good bishops. Jesus rebuked the disciples in Gethsemane because, while he was in agony, they were sleeping. What Cardinal Seurat says refers to bishops, but what about the cardinals? What about the popes? End quote. So I asked, to echo the anonymous priest at Tosati's website, what are the faithful to do when the decent men in the church don't want anything to do with being a bishop? This, in turn, has to be at least partially responsible for the decrease of men entering the priesthood in this pontificate. Not that it was a very good under Benedict. But where have all the good men gone? And it's simple. Even if the bulk of the laity were to support them, it would not matter. Paca Papa Francis and his likely successors would have none of it and would remove troublesome priests from their positions in the church. They'd be given the Cardinal Burke treatment, sent off to become the head of an organization like the Knights of Malta, but with men beneath them who really run the operations day to day and end up making their jobs a living nightmare. 
That's what can be expected. That's what happened to Cardinal Burke. And most of the priests know it, which is why the good ones say no to the receiving of a promotion. It's sad, but it's ultimately true. But those are my thoughts on this. What are yours? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.